Anavavatu is being recorded. Sahaviryam Karavavahai Tejasvinavadhi Tamastuma Vidvishavahai Om Shanti 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 Haryom everyone. So last week uh, we discussed the introduction to Karma Yoga and the first uh, three shlokas. So, um, you know, I think I can very quickly summarize uh, uh, this and probably will uh, will uh, maybe, you know, Sakuba, I'm going to spring a surprise on you. And uh, maybe, you know, Sakuba, ask you to summarize what your view of the first three shlokas were, because you and I spoke about it and I wanted you to share some of the things that you can share with the group. It'd be a very good summary about it. So, um, so basically, you know, uh, in, in chapter two, Krishna gives the total gyan to him, but then in, in chapter three, he, he uh, you know, Arjuna is still confused. He's, he's, he says, hey, why should I, uh, why should I fight the war when knowledge is superior to action? That is the question that Arjuna starts off with, because in, in the, in the, in the previous uh, chapter when Krishna entered, you know, in the introduction, Swamiji says that let not thy attachment be towards inaction. Okay. And maybe Arjuna did not quite well understand it. He kind of thinking that there's an escape route for him to get out of uh, uh, the fight, what he needs to do. And then perhaps, uh, you know, go seek knowledge. And then uh, with that question, um, you know, obviously he says that, you know, it's pretty confusing to me. And uh, you've got to tell me what is what is the right thing for me? Okay. And uh, then uh, Bhagavan says that in the world, there are uh, two paths that he has prescribed. Okay. And uh, uh, he says that one is a path of knowledge for the Sankhyas, of the Sankhyas, and the other one is a path of the action for the yogins. So that was the context what we discussed. And I think, you know, we debated quite a bit in terms of what is action, what is not action, what is uh, knowledge. And then we finally... Um, at least to my understanding, we, we kind of concluded that there's only one path uh, till the base camp. And I'm using you know, the analogy of the mountain climbing that we used, which is very easy for us to recollect. Till the base camp, there could be many paths. But from the base camp to the, to the summit, there is just one path. And we also uh, reminded ourselves of the analogy from, uh, from the cooking, where you, know, you could have multiple things that you would need to, uh, to cook cook something, but finally fire is mandatory for you to cook something. So in that same fashion, you know, there could be, you could have bhakti yoga, um, karma yoga, you know, all sorts of yoga, whatever that you can think of. Uh, but finally, 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 it has to be uh, jnana yoga because the rest of all the things which could, which could also be summarized as sadhana chatushtaya are basically helping us to understand that uh, uh, Jnana Yoga concept. So with that, I'm going to pause here. And Sakuba, I would really want you to share maybe a couple of things that uh, you know you've been uh, thinking about this in this particular context. Unmute yourself first. Okay, Ariyo. Uh, so it's not a summary from last week's uh, discussions. Uh, so this is actually from 
what uh, you know I was sharing with uh, Guntex was um, uh, that, that Swami sees uh, uh, you know that Upanishad uh, daily on Kato Upanishad. So the, the one of the latest, I mean, I think it was I think day before yesterday's uh, episode. So he talked about um, you know the the rituals that you follow after somebody's uh, death, you know, those 13 days of uh, death. And, um, you know, uh, why is it done? I mean, why why do you think, uh, I mean, why, why is it uh, done that way? So, I mean, Swami uh, C kind of uh, uh, refers back, refers back to Vashroka from Kathopanishad, where he says that, you know, look, at that time, you know, if everybody, uh, will be at a, I mean, regardless of, you know, you may be really rich or you may be really uh, used to a comfort life and so on. But those 13 days, you know, you are actually not, uh, uh, you know, you're fo- you, you following the principle of austerity and, uh, you know, probably sleep on the floor. And um, I mean, you, you don't, you, you don't really use any of the comforts, you know, during that time, um, you know, so at that time, you were you probably your mind is little more, uh, you know, accepting or it is, it is malleable to get into this kind of discussion. So people who are not really, um, you know, in this path, even for those people, when you talk to them during those time, you know, it, I believe, you know, so they, they will be giving you a, because they would have seen what has happened. Like, you know, somebody was there yesterday, somebody is not there today. And, you know, so they have... Uh, and if they have gone to the, you know, the cremation and so on. So, you know, so they would have seen what happens finally and so on. So, so they are in a, uh, in a position or they, they, they are more uh, willing to listen to uh, what happens after this and why, why are we chasing what we are chasing and so on. Um, and, and he says that, you know, which, which was a news to me, which of course in our family also, we didn't follow that. Like, you know, he says that, Kathopanishad is something suppose you you know you're supposed to hear during those 13 days, uh, which uh, our uh, you know Panditji also did not advise. So we of course did uh, um, Garud Puranam and all, but not the Kathopanishad. But I believe uh, Kathopanishad is also you know done during that time. So I was um, you know, and I had a practical example of somebody in the family who who doesn't believe in this, but he you know, was also more willing to discuss these kind of things during that time. Of course, he, Swami also says that, you know, maybe after a week, you know, you will come back and you will think that, what what did I discuss? I mean, nothing. And so on. And till the time, you know, you probably, uh, you are in a, you know, in a despair later. And that time, yeah, that time it gave me some comfort. So why not, uh, why can't I do this on a continuous basis and so on? I was discussing this with uh, 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 um, so I think that's what I wanted to share. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, uh, Sakuba, because I I know that it must have been pretty uh, you know hard time for you to go through what you've gone through. But then I'm glad that you could you could, you could share some of these things with us because you know I think uh, the uh, the thing what uh, you know what we discussed on that day was was also that fact that you know. Uh, Certain circumstances create a certain tunnel in, in the ignorance in our mind, and then that knowledge goes in, but it need not necessarily stay inside for a long time. And that's why we need to do that karma yoga quite often. 
and then uh, you know for it to stay inside our minds and then start germinating and sprouting for, forward like the reality what it is so that's the i uh, yeah i also uh, i also wanted to i mean we also discussed something more because i actually frankly i shared with him uh, that i still find it difficult you know um, uh, i mean the mind is so scattered and you know when you sit and do something you know uh, the focusing becomes uh, an issue uh, and uh, so it's, you know rajesh gave me some good suggestions which i intend to um you know, take it so basically he said that you know okay so whatever uh, there are certain things that we are already doing right that's fine but then when you start uh, um you know uh, uh, when you start for, when you start doing something uh, you know more as a sacrifice uh, so what is the right what is the right word tapas tapas to kar rahe but what yagya dana tapas actually okay sorry so he said that you know okay you know many people i mean that that's one way to kind of bring in um you know focus into your this thing by doing dhan but dhan doesn't really here mean uh you know the financial uh support that you may be giving to somebody that may be one type of this thing but it is more of doing something as a um you know uh karmi yoga you know you know in terms of maybe offering something that you have you know uh, to others uh, you know i think that can bring in a lot of uh, uh, focus to the mind and 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 then we discussed a little more yeah yeah so i mean uh, just to add on to what sakuba was saying i think it's it's important in the context of what we're discussing what we discussed the other day uh, was that uh, you know uh, at the end of the day we we'll end up going at doing karma yoga in our life all do that's fine that's okay but sometimes when you feel that yes it is not accelerating i'm still something is still missing then we got to accept, we have to look at the other two levers of dana and tapa and dana does not necessarily mean uh, uh, you know just giving away your money basically it giving what is valuable to you to somebody else that's what it means so uh, one of the things that we were talking was that uh, the most important thing that most of us would value is the time right you know if if there's one hour that that's going to get you let's say x dollars uh, for one hour um, you know we can earn the x dollars and give maybe you know x percent or y percent of the x dollars to somebody else and then feel good that we are uh, donating and we are kind of check mark that particular thing but if that is not necessarily making us progress forward then we have to consider giving that x uh, that time one hour of time to somebody and that would probably accelerate is one idea that i was discussing with uh, sakuba the other thing that i also was uh, discussing with him was uh, even if that is also not doing it then uh, you got to go and uh, you know uh, teach somebody and the reason the reason logic being very simple you know one hour of teaching uh, let's say even if we want to teach calculus today to somebody which uh, hopefully uh, some of you would remember but i don't uh, you know if i have to teach one hour of calculus to somebody now i have to spend 3 hours of uh, educating myself before i kind of you know go and teach one hour of calculus and so effectively it's you know learning for oneself and also contributing to somebody else and in the whole process that 4 hours is dedicated to something which is uh, much more valuable from a spiritual perspective but from a dollar perspective it may not so that's the kind of you know gradation that we me and sakuba we uh, discussed and debated the other day when we had a chat
Yeah, um, so I was listening to uh, Swami T's commentary the last uh, on these slokas, right? Uh, just to get a different perspective, MAI, apart from the book, also. So there's one subtle, uh, uh, I would say, uh, difference, not difference, ad addition, I would say, uh, that when, uh, when he, I listened to him, it came up. So I just wanted to share. So on this uh, particular sloka, the number three, where he talks about Divida uh, Nishta, uh, right? I mean, uh, Swamiti mentions it as two types of lifestyles. It could also be treated as two types of lifestyles, right? One of contemplation and one of action, right? So some of us, so eventually he, uh, he also says that they are serial. It's not one or the other uh, in the sense of either the like both paths leading somewhere completely independently but they are kind of in serial fashion however some of us are um you know again taking the cooking example if eating is uh, eating is the eventual goal some of us are ready with the ingredients and are ready to cook some of us have to go to the market and get the ingredients right so uh, in so it, then the question is, should I cook or not is not the question, right? I mean, it, it is, okay, where we are is the question. What we need to do is the question, right? But, uh, so he was also explaining it in terms of the fact that uh, uh, Gita caters to everybody and some of us and different people are in different stages. So in that sense also. So he's saying path, uh, sorry, lifestyle of action, lifestyle of contemplation. So typically the life of lifestyle of action is for, for most of us, uh, especially in the first two, um, uh, uh, brahmacharyam and uh, the householder uh, duties. So we cannot escape action. This is definitely um, where we are, right? Many, almost all of us are, in fact. So um, the lifestyle of action. And as we go to the other side, it starts to become more towards contemplation. The the if we look at this as a as a range, as a we start to shift and uh, more and more towards contemplation, right? So he's saying, um, yeah, you cannot escape action. It is it is there, and so it is very very essential to know where you are and to now understand what is the right action and and uh, follow karma yoga and understand it really well and follow karma yoga, right? Because that is that's the lifestyle. You, we currently are on, right? So while uh, Jnana Yoga is going to happen, we are not there yet. Um, also because this is the one that's going to lead to the Sadhana Chatushtaya in, in any case, right? So while we might intellectually absorb things uh, in the contemplation side of, um, uh, of the whole path, we are currently in this, in the uh, we are the in this particular case we are the yogins um, at this point in time uh, and hence karma yoga is the number one thing that we need to um, uh, be following on a day-to-day minute-by-minute basis right so um, that was yet another perspective I thought I could share uh, I know it's almost the same but there is a subtle difference because he calls it a lifestyle in the sense of that's where we are and uh, let's uh, so that Somehow, I don't know, gave me a lot more clarity as well. Yes, we we spoke about knowledge being the final thing, and that is that is true. 
right? And fire being the final thing that causes the cooking to happen. But then I think most of us are collecting ingredients at this point, right? So, um, and we know that that's where it's going to go. Knowledge is the only way to, uh, uh, to wipe out ignorance. But then um, it, I'm just saying that the, the, the importance of this is even more so for, for all of us in, in that sense, right? So that's one thing that I wanted to share. Um, I have another one to, um, uh, to Sakulba's point, but I'll stop here and if there are any other uh, comments related to that. Yeah, I think anyone can pick the thread now and uh, share your aha moments and we can discuss that. Point where Krishore said, right? Uh, early on when uh, Brahmacharya, like at that phase, uh, to do those actions with the right attitude is very important. So where we still need the proper guidance and not get distracted, action could be anything. <laughs> it, it could misguide you also if I think in, the, in this uh, 2.4567, I think it is with the right, with the right attitude, and uh, we should we should do this. And one thing I didn't understand: Are we controlling the sense organs that comes like that do the action, or is it the mind that we should tame it to to do the actions? That's something I, I just need to reread and uh, think about it. But I mean, many it, there is no actionlessness, right? That that is given to us. But uh, in this doing the right action with the right attitude, uh, that is the takeaway. I feel like that that's more yeah. important. Rajesh, uh, may I uh, also bring up the second point, very much related to what Shanta just said? Absolutely. Um, um, so. Uh, uh, Swami um, G has a wonderful series on Karma Yoga. It's, it's four part. Um, it's in Tamil um, until Guns translates it later. <laughs> but for now, it's in Tamil. Um, uh, four part, uh, four or five, I think, just purely on Karma Yoga. And. Uh, hold on. Yeah, no problem. Um, so. That was a, a, a really uh, eye-opening again. Uh, in spite of having gone through this, I, I think his uh, way of explaining was really, really good and to go in depth into this. Because see, finally, uh, uh, bulb started going in my mind because, okay, if you look at these paths, it become clear that whatever we do, uh, just to simplify things, right? I mean, the, I take, I usually try to do this, which is to take, uh, okay, if something is complex, I try to take something, um, uh, just break it down and simplify it into smaller things that we can actually follow. And, and Karma Yoga is one such thing, right? In this, uh, in this longer path. So then the next question is what exactly is, uh, what does it mean actually? Yes, we say right uh, action, right uh, attitude. He calls the, the combination of right action and right attitude as Dharma, right? So uh, Swamiji calls that as Dharma. And then he splits that into the things that we do on a daily basis, right? Um, and then things that are specific that have been assigned to us based on our different roles that we have. And then additionally, there are certain things, including the ones that you spoke, uh, Rajesh to Sakuba, around, um, around yagna and you know, 
the our duty to the elders, duty to the gurus, um, and dhanam, uh, and so on. Right. So he splits that uh, whole thing into what, what is what what are our duties um, as a householder. That is, I mean, he talks about just our um, um, where most of us are, and then says these are the ones. I mean, and what is the attitude for each of them? So. Uh, he breaks it down really well, so and and in a very generic way that will apply to each one of us, and we can we can see what does it mean for each one of us, right? Because each one of us plays a different role, and for each of those roles, what what does that mean? And then the general ones, right? Um, general ones is how we go about on a daily basis, right? And that is mostly around from what he says, it's mostly uh, yama niyama, right? Like Ahimsa, just being able to, when we speak, we we are not, uh, you know, there we practice nonviolence in speech and thought. We don't entertain, I mean, even if thoughts do come up, violent thoughts do come up, we don't entertain it or we don't engage with it. I mean, those kind of things, right? Um, then he also talks about things like, hey, we do a lot of actions purely for pleasure, and that's okay. But then he says there are two things there. One is, um, uh, uh, one is moderation in in those, and the other one being um, uh, 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 the one that we talk about as dharma also, which is not to uh, not to do things that we would expect others to do to us, or not to do things that we don't uh, we uh, we don't want others to do to us. Right? If those two are followed, when we um, when we um, uh, enjoy any pleasures in in uh, in life, right, which is where the sensory part comes in. If we can follow these two, which is moderation and the and the, and the other rule, the basic dharma rule, um, then that's fine too. So those are so he splits up the duties as well as the actions that we do along all these different paths, and and then gives it a certain, you know, what do we follow in each of those, right? Which is essentially what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. At this point, again, going back to the lifestyle that of action that we are in right now. Yes, we should be um, also, um, scriptural study is part of it. Um, but then overall, as a lifestyle, it is that of an action, right? of, of action. So um, yeah, I just wanted to share that, um, that this is very clear as we start to listen to this on what is the right thing to do and what is our lifestyle, should be our lifestyle. Anybody else on any other parts of the readings? For me, the biggest aha moment was the camera example he takes in 3.7. That was, I think, very clearly, you can clearly visualize, in fact, right from the attitude, how he's describing the attitude of uh, you know, non-attachment and how, how we should really perform our action. You cannot, inaction is not a choice. So we have to continue to perform the action, but he describes how a sensitized role captures more images than simply a white paper put there. And how, when you have that white paper, how many ever times you click, nothing is going to be recorded. I think that was very well explained and it shows in the process of exhausting the existing vasanas that we have, how not to keep gathering more 
which is only going to put us more again into the same loop of you know birth and uh, death kind of stuff. So that example I thought was really you know, was nailing down the point. Very nice one, actually. I had to read it twice though for me to get it. And um, on the topic of 3.7, so earlier in the week, you know, uh, we had some discussion on meditation and it made me wonder if uh, meditation um, was all about like reducing the amount of energy that you're expending. So, you know, we calm down our thoughts, we sit still. And uh, so I was thinking along those lines, I wasn't sure you know, if that's made sense or not. Um, but then when I read this 3.7 and it talks about, you know, reducing the energy expended in, by calming your thoughts and, um, and then instead using that energy in action to do the right action. So it um, sort of made me link the two things together. And, and uh, I, now I feel like, you know, meditation helps with, is, or is that's probably the, the, one of the reasons um, meditation is prescribed is to start practicing that saving of energy. I would say it's a, it's a big uh, side benefit of meditation. No, no, I, I don't know if, I, I don't um, think that would be the core, but absolutely, you would definitely see that level of energy difference for sure so if you think about it actually the the thoughts there's a lot of energy that goes into these thoughts that come up um, and but more importantly when we engage with the thought with those thoughts there's so much energy being spent just in that process so when that slows down and you're no longer actually engaging going from thought to the sub-thought and to the third or fourth levels of those thoughts, there is just tremendous amount of energy given back to you. That prana is not wasted, if, if you will, in, in those. And that I can, is, um, is what you uh, increase during meditation. Same thing happens with pranayama to some extent, and then even more so in meditation, right? Pranayama, because thoughts and breath are very, very closely connected. So when you slow down breathing, you'll see that the thoughts, I mean, I'm not seeing any uh, deeper levels or uh, not levels. And, um, I'm not seeing any tough pranayamas. Even when you just breathe slightly slower than what we normally do, it is, you'll see that the thoughts are uh, slowing down. This is the external lever that we have. So even when we do that, we see the same thing. Um, and uh, you would see that suddenly you, you have a certain more amount of energy, even if it's um, even for a few seconds. Absolutely. So in that you aspect, is thought different than contemplation? Mm. Yes. It, it, yeah, it is. We have to uh, contemplate, right? No, we... Absolutely. Because thoughts are mostly, if you see, it is coming from the subconscious and it's not in your control, right? It, it, have, it, it, it comes up and uh, you might okay, be okay. aware of it, but contemplation but, is something that you're consciously bringing up and talk, I mean, thinking about it, right? It's more conscious effort. There's a certain difference in that. Yes. Well, both are thoughts. Both are finally thoughts, correct. Contemplation, I believe, is more 
you know, you're doing it uh, with the knowledge that, that you want to do it, right? It's Quantum a deliberate, it's a deliberate thought. Deliberate, deliberate. deliberate. Yeah, deliberate. Thoughts yeah. can happen automatically because of the vastness and uh, that whole, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's right. That's what I think about thoughts versus contemplation. Uh, yeah, we normally equate thinking and contemplation, but thoughts are something that can happen automatically based on several factors. And, uh, and once you slow down your thoughts, be... go ahead. Thoughts can also be original, right? It comes from your own mind. Whereas oh, yeah. contemplation could be somebody else's idea. You are just uh, uh -huh. doing some more research onto it. Yeah, that too. Yes, true. Yeah. Hey, uh, Guntex, I just wanted to say uh, that uh, Shloka 7 is what made me really sit up and uh, think that it's not very easy, right, to follow what they're uh, saying uh, about uh, the whole Karma Yoga thing and uh, uh, acting uh, with this thing, right? So they say that you have to control your senses when you're uh, doing Karma Yoga. I thought that was uh, that. But my aha moment was again something uh, that uh, the whole uh, chain of this thing, right? From ignorance arise uh, uh, desires, right? And uh, de from desires, thoughts, and thoughts lead to action, and action leads the whole cycle of, uh, you know, getting more entangled in this. I thought that was. Uh, that just hit me like uh, you know how deep this whole philosophy is around uh, uh, you know starting from ignorance which actually they say is causeless right but that's the root cause for everything else that we go through so so Uday, i coined i coined a nice acronym for remembering that okay i, I call it idiota i d i o t a ignorance desire uh, thoughts action so that's the okay. thing that I coined this today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that uh, that was that was pretty nice. I, I think we came across this in one of the earlier texts as well. But uh, yeah, it was just nice getting a refresher. Ranjani? Yeah, so um, to Uday's point on 3.7, he very they talk about controlling the sense organs of the by the mind. So one thing he says by doing it by sheer will is like controlling a dam while, while it's in flood. Um, so you should always focus on something higher uh, to be able to do that. So I thought that was um, really good. Um, you know, to focus the mind just to try to stop it from going everywhere is kind of hard. But when you try to focus it on something higher, then maybe those can be controlled. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, um, you know, I want to go back to what Shanta was uh, asking, right, in terms of, uh, she said that she had to reread that part and, you know, Ranjali, what you mentioned, uh, what you also mentioned. In the way that I had read, I read that thing was, you know, imagine you're driving a, a, a non-automatic car, a geared car, okay? And uh, let's say it's a geared uh, Tesla, geared Tesla, I'm just making up something, okay, to express the point. So if it is, uh, you know, there are there are some uh, various sensor senses that you know cameras and all that stuff are sensing it, and the Tesla is automatically uh, driving the car without your own volition. Now, uh, if you want to speed up the car, despite all the sensors coming in and all that, then uh, you can change the gear manually and you can accelerate it. 
Now, I think what Swamiji is saying in terms of disassociating your senses, organs of perception with the organs of action is that, you know, it doesn't matter what the inputs are coming in, the control should rest with you at the mind level for you to drive the car. So if you're able to detach, so if you think of the five sense organs, uh, which kind of you know, receive information, and then the mind, and then the organs of action, okay, then whatever the cameras are receiving it in, you know, you perceive it in your mind, but don't act on them. Okay, but you deliberately, if you want to change the gear, despite of the information, change the gear and go in the fast lane, you can do it. That way the, the, the sense organs, I'm, I'm using a negative example here because in the car, all these sense organs, are, all these cameras are meant for safety. I'm just saying it to so that we understand it, right? So that's the kind of thing that went into my mind when I was reading it. Think, oh shit, it looks like I, I'm driving a geared Tesla where I have the control still. I can switch anytime. Hey, uh, so I was just, uh, just as you were speaking, I was thinking, does it then mean if I'm doing any activity with full concentration, right? And not um, do it for the sake of the result, right? Uh, is that good enough? Is that what it means that by control of senses, not getting distracted by any other uh, sensory inputs? I, that's one I, of it, yes. That's one of it. I would also look at it as uh, um, what comes through the senses. It's basically everything around us, our, uh, our entire experience from a worldly standpoint. So anything around us, right, for that matter. So if you look at it, uh, because that's the only way we are going to experience the world. So in other words, uh, uh, when they say sensory inputs, you can translate that to uh, everything that the world has to offer, be it relationships, places, things, everything, pretty much. So um, again, to, um, uh, to, to the other point where we don't, in other words, um, we don't force it. We cannot force our mind to be in a certain way, right? But we might be drawn towards it because we have vasanas in us that's going to drive us towards um, these desires for certain things in the world. And that's, that's okay. I mean, I think we need to accept that. However, we can reduce it by following karma yoga, by following things like moderation, and it slowly starts to slow, uh, slow down the speed at which we are proceeding towards the worldly things, right? It slows it down. It's not wrong. It's not bad either. Nothing. Uh, we, nobody's saying that, right? It's more around moderation, right? If you look at, uh, in, in fact, recently there was a family uh, gathering and the topic of spirituality came up uh, when it came to me. And as I usually don't talk about it, but they asked me, okay, uh, I mean, there are members in this family who said, I have exactly 10 minutes. Can you tell me what needs to be learned? Right? With that, so there are people who have asked me that. And I, so I usually shy away saying, okay, you know what? It's okay. We'll talk later. Right? And uh, um, this time around, <laughs> there was a little bit more time. So the same person asked me, is there one thing you can tell me that I should follow? Don't give me theory. Right? Is, is, was his point. And this person is a doctor and neuro neurologist on top of that. So, um, uh, and uh, so he said, just give me one thing. Don't give me any more theory, no more. Right? And uh, so I told him, um, I told him moderation. 
so told him that hey you know what especially today said, don't don't think about the result and he performed surgeries uh, <laughs> no i know all that would be theory for him right uh, so i said moderation uh, uh, especially today because of the levels of distraction that is around us if you think about it right the amount of distraction whether it's from the phone from tv from people the number of uh, things we indulge in uh, there are people who cannot not be alone as well right that are it's very hard if you look at the amount of distractions that's uh, that's around us so i said moderation would be a good place to start <laughs> so uh, not the only one obviously but i'm just saying that would be a way to reduce the amount of inputs that come in because every input eventually is a vasana is a um, uh, a, um well actually is a samskara that creates a, a a channel in our mind that causes these thoughts so, so um the samskaras start to generate the channel and through the channel these thoughts are coming up so every input whether it's binge watching netflix or constantly being on social media these are going to generate thoughts so moderation is becoming very very important whether it's for adults or for kids for that matter that if you finish it in 1 minute moderation what about the rest of the 9 minutes <laughs> no i um it was it was fantastic actually there were some people who uh, had not heard any of this it was eye opening for them hopefully they will um be more curious and so i i so while doing this right i uh, i tell them i am like this you know in the progressive uh, insurance ads there is this guy with the signpost that says you know go there go there or whatever right the mattress signpost and all that i i say i am like that uh, i'm just a signpost then it's up to you to uh, take it up uh, from there i'm not a <laughs> i'm not a teacher i'm this guy who stands there with the signpost so that's pretty much it <laughs> anybody else anywhere in the text the prepared yeah so for me one of the uh, aha moments was uh, 3.6 the word mithyacharaha so uh, oh, yeah. in spite of like concisely putting all the teachings um, i really is like uh, lord krishna nicely says all the things that were being done very wrongly so here in this case he attacks what traditionally even at those times people thought of as sanyasa i just renounce everything and i'll go sit in some ashram in himalayas but if you let your mind still wander towards those sense organs uh, you are not a sanyasi you are a hypocrite uh, and connecting that back to uh, uh, back so here he attacks the the what what was thought of as sanyasa the physical act part of it alone uh, there was the uh, connection to chapter 2 241 to 245 so in 241 he lists like bahushaka hi anantascha uh, he says so people think there are like many paths but for vyavasayatmika buddhi ekah kurunandana so he says there is only one path for the the resolute mind and then going down he says so people eulogize the words of the veda but they use it only to get bhogeshwarya uh, gatimti to get like wealth and uh, lordship so he attacks that part like where people are using the veda as the karma yoga and they thought if i just do chanta vedas and do something ritual and mechanically mechanically then i am doing karma yoga and i am going to get so that is also not 
uh, not correct. Uh, so I found it like very nicely that he attacks. Oh, what you thought of karma yoga by just doing rituals mechanically is not correct. Uh, what you thought of like renouncing and just sitting somewhere is not what sannyasya truly is. And what you thought of multiple paths is truly not as there is only one path. So even while saying all the positive, there is like this attack of. Uh, I, I think Vyasa also had like a bigger agenda. Oh, this lot, lot of wrong things, adharma happening, and yeah. it needs to be pointed out. Found that correlation very beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, you know, again, uh, I I coined another phrase to remember that Vityachara, right? Like like they say, the grass is greener on the other side, the saffron is greener on the other side. Is what was the phrase that I, I coined for myself? <laughs> I remember yeah. that. Krishna, I mean, you, you might remember this from um, Swamiji's uh, Road of the Ganges book. Um, he talks about in Rishikesh, he cites a story where he says that during his stay there, uh, he uh, had heard about this, um, uh, this Swami who is no longer, you know, Mauni Baba, right, who uh, uh, sits way up in the hills uh, in a cave uh, pretty high up from Rishikesh. So he had heard a lot about him, so he goes there. Right. One day he treks up to uh, see him because he's heard so much uh, that he's a very enlightened soul and so on. So he decides to visit, pay a visit, goes there. And then finally, after a day of trekking, he reaches that uh, cave um, only to find that he, this person who is supposed to be uh, a very enlightened soul and who has renounced and everything is sitting there with piles of newspapers uh, and with a um, with a coffee in his hand, and with his leg, uh, you know, sitting in a chair with leg one on top of each other, and and, and describes the sight as, you know, he's just surrounded by newspapers and he's reading. So he's saying, okay, this person is supposed to have renounced everything and gone up the cave, but he's bring, brought the world with him uh, through the newspapers, mm -hmm. right? In today's world, obviously, that would be the phone. Uh, in addition to that, to make it simpler, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, so what type of renunciation is that? I mean, so, and he uses that example when he explains this saying, um, you know, it may or may not be the actual truth, but he uses that as an example saying there are many people who have done, who, who have gone through that. Um, and uh, he says this person may have had really awesome ambitions initially and would have enthusiastically given up everything and gone up to the cave only to realize that he can no longer do that. He is no, no longer, he's not getting enlightened. What happens to the, and he explains that, you know, you have vasanas, what do you do? Those vasanas can be extinguished only through action. Uh, he had a better chance if he had stayed in society, but, but he has given it, up, given it up and went there thinking that was the path. But um, uh, after maybe a few years, he probably realized that that's not going anywhere, but he cannot come back into society because that would be considered um, once you've renounced, it's hard to come back, at least from a societal perspective. And he would have decided to just be there, but bringing the world to him. <laughs> so uh, that would be an example of Mithyachara, uh, you know, assuming that is true, right? He, he says, I'm using it as an example, but uh, if that were true, then that would be an example of this. Kishore, yeah. okay, sure. we just want to add one more thing. Uh, same, Swami T. Another example similar to this, he says, of how vasanas uh, in fact consisting, right? He says, like uh, high flying executives or senior managers, they fed, get fed up of commercial life and uh, they want to go to spirituality, they go join an ashram. And then uh, once they join the ashram, everybody is asked to take up a role. And what do they end up taking? They become 
Asher manager. <laughs> so let's say what you have to Yeah. Uh, Guntax, I had a question. Uh, when they say that having taken a birth, you have to act. You cannot stay without action, right? What exactly do they mean by that? I always used to think that, you know, we at least have to breathe, right? And that itself is an activity, right? But I guess I was wrong and they mean something else. Does anybody have a different perspective on that uh, take on, you know, having taken birth, you cannot but act. I think, you know, at one level, uh, what you said, you know, breathing is one activity that's correct. But the way that I understand is we have taken birth because there are some, there's some desire okay. that is to be fulfilled. Yeah. So that's the big driving force. The vasanas are there. And okay. we may not know it, but that's driving that to create thoughts. That thought is driving us to create actions. actions. So you don't have a choice. So it's a choiceless thing. Otherwise, you will not be born. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. No That's the reason for the birth, right? That's the reason for the birth because there are some un, uh, vasanas that have to be extinguished. Um, actually, the, here's another one that uh, um, in Swamiti's book, he talks about it. He says, I, I used to get confused between samskaras and vasanas. I mean, are they the same thing? Are they just different terminology from different philosophies? Uh, yoga versus uh, Vedanta. But essentially, think of Samskaras as the imprints, the actual imprints, just getting formed, right? Um, then as we repeat the same action, saying the same thing, or uh, in the sense, doing something similar, these samskaras add up. Now, eventually they start to create a channel in our subconscious, mm -hmm. similar to, and the example he uses is that of Colorado River breaking through the mountains mm -hmm. and creating that, uh, the Grand Canyon or and the channel, right? So. Over a period of time, it, these samskaras start to create a channel. And those channel is in the subconscious is the one that generates thoughts. So, um, so when we repeat the same, so when somebody says something, let's say I always get angry or I'm, I, I say something back in, in a certain way, those, all those interactions with the world creates these samskaras. But then as, we, as I repeat the same type of action, these samskaras get more and more power, eventually leading to a channel. And that channel is the one that results in thoughts in our mind. Uh, when we say the subconscious, from the subconscious, we get these thoughts. Um, it's from, it's through these channels that have been formed. Oh, are these channels um, called vasanas in your right, mind? Right, right. Channels are vasanas, okay. The, the personality traits that we develop, the imprints themselves are the samskaras, the, the traits that we develop, are the vasanas, right? And from those things, uh, uh, the thoughts come up, basically. Right. Yeah, so, I do always get confused between uh, vasanas yeah, yeah. and uh, samskaras and karma. Which part of the karma is samskara? Which part? Of, yeah, cool. So yeah, in other thanks. words, uh, the uh, corollary of this, or uh, not corollary, the another way of looking at it is, well, we can change these, um, um, these channels. We can create new channels. And that's the whole point of spirituality, right? I mean, the fact that, hey, I, it's not destiny to say that, yep, I'm born with certain vasanas, what do I do, right? It's that we can change and we can create new channels 
And that's the whole thing, right? Even Buddha said the same thing, right? I mean, there are these things, but there is a path out of the, yeah. So yeah, there is a way out of this by creating yeah, new channels. It will be very defeatist to uh, think that vasanas are ruling us, right? Uh, it, yeah, that's not it is there, but there is a path to change it. It's that, that part is in your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I was uh, listening to uh, Bhagavatam the other day, and uh, there's a story of this uh, one of the you know like we have Manu, not not our Manu, uh, the Vaivasata uh, Manu, like that uh, you know there is this person uh, in the in one of those Manmantra called Kardama, and he's like a great sage, and you know he does not uh, you know he's always meditating, and you know sixty thousand years, hundred thousand years he's living and all that. Then uh, one day Bhagavan says, uh, you have to get married and you have to start the you know, creation of the process. He says, boss, I, I don't want to do all those things. You know, I'm done. Then he says, no, 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 that's your destiny. You have to do it. Then, uh, then he, you know, there's, a, there's a lady who uh, comes called Dev, Deva, Deva Bhuti or some name like that. And then uh, they, say, uh, they, and then they say, okay, let's start the creating process. Then both of them realize, first of all, you need to have desire to do the creation process. So we need to create that desire within others. And then she goes into a place called Bindu Saras, which is apparently a place where Saraswati has gone underground in, in the current, uh, you know, the India, that there's a place called Bindu Saras. There she goes, has a bath and, you know, gets rid of all the dirt in herself and all that. And you know, maybe this sannyasi also, uh, Kardama Mahar, she also shaves and all that stuff, I guess. And then, then they start the creation process. So the whole thing, the way it is narrated is that, you know, you cannot create anything unless until there's a desire in you. And, and even to get that desire, you need to have a trigger. Otherwise, nothing is going to happen. So getting back to the point, like, you know, uh, Shanta, what uh, long back that you were, you were talking about it in, when we started, the, I, the idea is like, you know, with the sense in the, since organs, perceptions, they keep keep coming on, they keep creating those desires. But if the mind is detached, like a clutch, you remove that thing, then the chances of those things imprinting on the mind to create new desires reduces. Then your organs and factions can continue to do what they, what they have to do. Question for you. Uh, question, Rajesh. Uh, not um, is the rebirth a consequence of uh, vasanas or is it a consequence of karma or is or, or are you saying that karma is in any case a consequence of vasanas i think vasanas are a consequence of karma vasana is a subset so 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 the rebirth is because of karmas and your sort of outstanding yeah. Re rebirth is uh, the outcome of those karmas, which finally, you know, you have part to of the karma. exhaust, part of, exhaust yeah. them finally. Something. One exactly part so. of your whole karma bank is assigned for one birth. One that is birth, the yeah. part of the karma. And whatever that part of the karma is, the corresponding uh, attributes or vasanas are part of the package. Is what I understand. Yeah, that's how I understood it. I mean, I just, uh, I, I kind of, I thought one of you said 
rebirth is because of asanas and i thought it was karmas but maybe it's all intertwined in any case yeah no, but even even if theoretically if even if theoretically one has taken birth and one has not done any karmas good bad okay still there is vasanas which will, which will potentially can create new birth so, so so one sort of random question sorry maybe out of out of context but what is the what is the reason for your first birth <laughs> ignorance <laughs> yeah no, what i'm saying is that you know you kind of have a million yeah. births before you kind of get get enlightenment yeah. and you're out of that cycle but you do sort of enter it also at some point right and so where does that begin so i'm sorry it might be just a little bit wrong question is the yeah, wrong question <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I... but you know i i think i see it as a circle right in the sense or they're both so interconnected i mean Uh, karma is coming from vasanas vasanas cause thought thought creates actions actions create imprints imprints causes uh, vasanas right so there is that um, it is a cycle so i don't know if there is a beginning and an end which comes before the other kind of a thing it is a circle um is how i see it in the, in, in the, because they are interconnected right interconnected in this way the cause and effect basically and both can be cause and the effect that's why you need the clutch you have to unclutch the mind and you know yeah not get new imprints this is what you know the causal body whatever is in the seed form where how does the first germination happens is that the question uh, ajay yeah kind of yeah. Yeah. after prelim everything goes back to the seed form and then how does the first one come in Now, Ajay's question after is that, the, after that yeah. after that the sukshma sharir will carry on but how does the first no, one no, in, in case of in case of pralayam uh, uh, sakuba you know you go go back into what is called the causal form right yeah and so it's like seed form uh, you know whatever you call it but the question i had was that you know if everyone keeps kind of becoming enlightenment so there'll be a point when everyone will be enlightened so i'm assuming that there's also a conveyor of people coming into this uh, transactional world and and my question really was what is the trigger for that um i mean rebirth and everything else is vasana and karma right but where does it all sort of you know there must be a point in time when sort of somebody gets gets a a sukshma sharira and or or you know from the from the causal form but didn't we think uh, did we discuss that even after pralaya right when the life starts again or when the whole creation starts again right that time we take back the birth from wherever we left right exactly it so it goes back into the seed form and comes out again into the yeah. into the new sort of cycle right so Correct. that 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 part i understand the question i had uh, uh, there is that if everyone is going to get enlightened one day so then there, there will be no one left who is un- unenlightened which means there is somebody who also comes into that system uh, that is my question go ahead so, swami swami spg has a very uh, interesting answer to this uh, he talks about uh, avarna shakti and vikshepa shakti and brahman and maya coming up together being causeless Correct. in a very nice way so he says uh, there is only god there was only god 
and uh, like the point you are mentioning when everybody is enlightened there is just god but god wants something to do god wants to play with somebody so he creates somebody but that person also knows i am god so they play hide and seek they find each other so i like that create like somebody that. else say oh no 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 i am going to now tell you not to know of yourself as me so we can play but god being god is so good at it that he forgets that he is god which is all of us that's a good explanation uh, krishna thank you <laughs> i was actually looking at alpana to kind of get us out out of this quagmire but uh... <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say so, so to the first one. Uh, it is our desire which gives us the next birth. It will come in chapter eight. Whatever desire you die with is one. So, right, so that right, desire right. is the, so that desire is the key. And based upon that, some karmas will be taken out, which will become your prarabdh karma. So, so actually, desire is the key, and that is why we need to get rid of desire, and then we will not come. And uh, Yes, uh, I think Swami SPG has given three answers. One is the question is wrong. One is the God one, and then the. Uh, but I think he he keeps going back to if you see that snake in the rope. But but the snake wasn't born like this. It started appearing this big only. Where did he come from? He didn't come at all. He didn't come. So we have we are. We are all imagining all this, right? So, yeah, no, it's just it's, it's just like, that you know, when you when you talk about sort of uh, rebirth and you know all these sort of. It's of just that that else. imagination that imagination is very rational and very logical. Exactly, the the rest of it is very rational, logical, scientific, whatever you want to call it. It's just that starting point. You kind of start to wonder, you know, somebody must be dropping these little sort of human beings or jivas into the into it the is, universe. Ignorance is the right answer. Yeah. It is the ignorance, <laughs> and it just starts from there. We imagine different things, right? Some imagine snakes, some imagine garland of flowers, some imagine trickling of water on the same rope. And I think I still go back to that same example of the reflection in the lake. I think Manu will will remember that when he explained it. कि ठसा ठस पानी भरा हुआ है कुछ नहीं है there is there is no there is no tree in the water and there is no water in the tree they are two very different things but they all appear and exactly that's how the the world appears i mean he he stood there and told us and it was it was very profound that was a really good vivid example i mean it always kind of strikes me now whenever i think about this yeah 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 so, so yesterday yesterday the vishnu sasanava class you know the Uh, the guru was explaining about uh, one of the one of the uh, names called swavashaha that's the name of the uh, vishnu and basically the analogy what he used ajay ties into very much to the question that you asked in alpana what you explained right so he says that you know uh, when does a mirror act like a when does a mirror uh, act its role do its role okay only when there is something other than a mirror which is in front of it okay so now you know it, when when i'm using the analogy replace mirror with god okay in your mind and other is the rest of the world whatever that you can imagine so he says when when whenever we, whenever anything which goes in front of the mirror the mirror will reflect that particular uh, uh, you know object or whatever but when when there's a perfect mirror which goes in front of the mirror then the mirror fails 
both the mirrors fail actually in their in their jobs to do so he says you know that's the reality of it the point is like you know there is a there is a difference between uh, uh, you know a mirror reflecting an object and the object by itself you know is when when it becomes that mirror equivalent you know shine the light and exactly this to the same dimension because of that whatever that uh, what do you call it parallel effect uh, parallel refle multiple reflections actually the, the mirror does not work at that point of time Imagine. so till such time till such time you know the uh, the mirror is reflecting what you are seeing what you want to see in the mirror so actually uh, ramakrishna paramhans he used to say even law of karma is part of sansar so he said for spiritual seekers don't even worry about it because sometimes we get into this so fir to kitne karm aise kiye hue hain kitne janam aur lagenge he said it all ceases for a spiritual seeker it is for the worldly people to to explain different things it is still part of sansar and well said go ahead go ahead well said oh, no, i just, just wanted to add uh, one same similar uh, thought from swami paramatananda and he says like a lot of this questions are raised only as long as we are in the context of uh, maya and when there is ignorance we try to ask all these questions but when you get the realization uh, then then it is like once once you get the realization it's like analyzing now you know it is a rope but i saw it as a snake but now you are analyzing the snake or oh, was it a viper or was it a cobra or what did it do what did it move and like all those questions it didn't make sense anymore at all so uh, with that example for me it was very clear because for a very long time i was trying to reconcile like a lot of scientific findings with how it is explained in our vedic texts so oh, whether it be big bang or theory and like or oh, this uh, pralayam and all this uh, prabhavam and all this starting with the various different cycles of universe big bang expansion and contraction and like all these things but then once i saw that example i said no no this is like all still like in the mithya world like you can keep giving all these explanations coming up with this thing but once once you get out of this then you realize it's the same thing like analyzing oh, what that snake was what is its history the other uh, favorite example also hit me uh, very well is the 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 dream kind of example like in a, in a dream you you when somebody and then you are now analyzing the particular person or a characteristic or what happened to them did they catch the bus did they miss the bus did they go to the interview and so on it's all like in a dream but it's so realistic and now we are still left analyzing uh, about the characteristics of of something uh, completely made up hey just a rejoinder to alpana's point about karma and uh, uh, spiritual seekers I believe no matter where you are on the spiritual path, or even if you get the realization, the prarabdha karma that was assigned at the time of birth still has to be exhausted. That you nobody can do anything about it. Maybe the remaining karma in your karma bank, as they say, may all get wiped out, and no new karmas are uh, are uh, accumulated once you have the realization. but the prarabdha karma with, which came with us uh, there is no escape to that is what uh, i read uh, absolutely uday but uh, you are no longer associated with that person right so let that body live and as okay. the other rest of the world is living let okay. that body live 
So the person becomes immediately enlightened. So that no longer left. So Swami, I just wanted to add was uh, Swami SVG actually mentioned. So why do we then study about Maya, right? I mean, when Maya is this, then just disregard it and then and then go away from it, right? So he says Maya actually understanding Maya serves two purposes. So the first one is that it creates dispassion, vairagya that maya hai, mithya hai. So that's the first thing. The other, which is more stronger argument is that you are able to see the sameness of reality when you understand maya. Say that again. You are able to say, see the sameness of reality. You are able to see the rope. So that is why we get into so much detail of you know, so much of Prakriti and then Sattva, Rajtam, Guna and, and all of them are created by that so that you can keep going back and see that reality. Because we have to start from what we can see. So if you understand Maya, you will be able to appreciate the reality. So those are the two purposes why, why otherwise Upanishads contain so much about Maya, right? So, so he gave those two exam, those two reasons why we study about Maya. Because almost Alpna, all texts will have it. Yeah. Sorry. Alpna, can you say it again? It, so the it is not going it, inside. First reason is it creates vairagya. Ki sab maya hai. So that's the first reason. And the second reason is when you understand about this maya, that it is all guna and gun guna me paratrae and and all those things. You can see the sameness of the reality. That it is all gold. Uh, yes, I know. Okay. So once you understand that, then then you will appreciate the the reality. Because you'll start from what you can see. So when you say so what you're saying is uh, pervasiveness of reality is that what you mean yes the pervasiveness also is the word used when there is something else and that's where i think the word pervasiveness is there are multiple things and it pervades through it like the incense pervades through the room because there is a room which is different and the incense can pervade through it that's why even though we use, yes, Brahman is pervasive, but even pervasive is a, you need something else to pervade through it. And hence he so, uses the word sameness of reality. So what you're trying way. to, what you're trying to say is, um, like if, if in this room there is space, but the space is already there, it's the same space. It, so if I, you know, project it in a way that you are Alpana, I am Vidya, or you know, Rajesh is there, but we are all the same. same. We are same. Same. same uh, so it's not the Atman that is pervading through pervading. all of them. Because then okay. that means there are multiple things and it's pervading through it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, I can, can connect this one so more, well with you know, uh, that... our name yesterday, what, uh, were, uh, what, what he was telling. It's a, after the word Swavasha, there's another name called the Naikatma. Naikatma. Swapanasha, Swapanas, Swavasho, Vyapi, Naikatma. Yeah, Naikatma is the word. Okay. Swavasha, Vyapi means he's 
spreads everywhere. That's the quote unquote the name. But then Naikatma is he's just one, but we see it as many, Anekatma. So that's beautiful. You know, I, I kind of, you know, the way that uh, the Advaita, Gita, Vishnu Sasanamam, all of them come together is so powerful. Okay, no, no, so I was just saying, one, oneness, one, we can also say oneness of reality, right? Is, that, is, the, is it the same when, I, when we say yeah. that? Right? Same, correct. Yeah. Okay. Advaita, basically. There's nothing else beyond that. Yeah, there's, no, there's no yeah. two. No, so no. Saying we need to contemplate on Maya in order to understand the oneness of all yes. of reality. Yeah. And then he said just one more statement, uh, which I'll share, which was really nice. The only thing we need to know about ego or ahankar, what did he say? I wrote it down somewhere. Is that you are not that. Profound. That is that is hard hitting, right? We think that is what we are. Right? <laughs> yeah. I have few more if you want. I mean, karmiyog. Another definition is uh, it is five type of buddhi: samatva buddhi, which we know, which we know, equipoised state; swadharma buddhi, so do the duties; samarpan buddhi, surrender; asang buddhi, don't get attached to anything; and prasad buddhi. Whatever you get. So I thought it was a very nice definition. And then another one was karma yoga has two words, karma and yoga. So karma for others and yoga for self. Mm. That's another way to say karma yoga. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to elaborate on that, Alpha? So kar karma meaning do whatever actions you're doing, do it for others. Mm. But but for yourself, find that yoga with the Supreme Self. Supreme Self, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, the one that you said about... In, 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 uh, in, my, in my, my understanding Arma. of what Alpana said, chapter 2 for, for 48. me, chapter 3 for the rest of the world. Actually, um, to do it well, just understand a little bit of Gyan. Then Karma Yoga will happen automatically. Yeah. It is the way, I mean, you cannot, as it says, you cannot live without doing any action. So you have to do karma yoga, but but uh, it will happen choicelessly, and that's what Swami SPG says. Yeah, without effort. That's also the previous one. The five things of karma, right? The uh, ending with the prasad, the whatever. Right? Can can you put that in WhatsApp, please? I, I will. I, I will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was about to say the same thing, fellow backbencher here. Take a screenshot of your notes page and put it up. <laughs> that whole three sections of quotes was very beautifully, uh, very well summarized. Please, please, that whole thing. You're reminding, reminding of what I used to do 30 years back. <laughs> Put up cyclostyling was the word, if you guys remember that. <laughs> Xerox, yes. <laughs> Xerox. And one of my, one of my favorite persons whose notes that I used to take was Uday. So just just a, just kind of you know, uh, pivoting the discussions to Shloka six, what we what we what we're looking at, right? 
there's one one sentence which caught my attention and it, it's probably a little debatable and I want to bring that thing here, right? It says in, in that thing, he says, you know, in that Mithyachara Shloka, he says that uh, to dissipate ourselves with immoral or criminal thoughts is more powerful than to physically indulge in them. Mm. And the question is, I mean, the question that I want to, maybe we got another about uh, 10 more minutes or so. So what, what, what did you, what did you folks understand when you read it? Is it, is it okay to do immoral and criminal activities or not think about it at all? The way I understood it is there's no point in thinking about these things, even if you're not doing it. That's the take, that's the takeaway I had. So if you've thought about it, can you do it? No, he, the suggestion is don't even think about it. Okay, assume you thought about it. you to do it, right? Assume you so thought about that. it. So I'm, I'm, I'm only challenging it. I'm, I'm saying, assume yeah. you thought about it. Okay. Uh, don't think about it. Assume you thought about it. That is past, Don't engage. Right? Don't, uh, so, yeah, don't think. Don't, uh, yeah, don't rethink rather. Don't, so, don't let those thoughts come again. <laughs> For Guntak, that's very easy. That's a very small. <laughs> so, Rajesh, when I read this, I mean, the, the remaining paragraph also talks about vasanas and the channels that we talked about, which is uh, which is interesting. But um, the um, th there are often we come across people or we ourselves, in fact, do this where we may not say this, but we might um, harbor these thoughts in our mind. So uh, yes, it has not come out as action. So others may not know that uh, you've harbored these thoughts. It is saying that, hey, don't think just because you haven't done anything um, that no harm is done. A lot of harm is already done in your mind because you've created these channels, you've empowered these channels in your mind because that is eventually going to come out as thoughts uh, even stronger thoughts which will lead to action later right so uh, there are people who bottle things up and not speak doesn't mean that uh, it won't come out later it will come out later is the point uh, that the channels are being formed so so the then the, therein lies the solution too can we not form those channels and uh, the initial first thought you cannot that's driven off vasana but then can we be aware and not engage with those thoughts? That's in uh, in some ways a practice that we can generate on a on a minute by minute basis. We can practice that. So these channels are not getting formed. Uh, you don't give it a, enough chance for it for it to form. Instead, you form the channels that a new channel, which might be a uh, which is the pratipaksha bhavanam that they talk about in yoga yoga sutras as well to create a new channel. And don't let these habitual patterns drive your life instead form these newer channels so to me that's psychology 101 um, and it's beautiful uh, uh, it gives the theoretical understanding as well as a practical way of uh, of doing something on a minute by minute basis that we can practice really uh, just to add to what uh, kishore you said this is just amazingly you described um, adding to what Alpana said is um, when you realize Jnana Yoga, just knowing that you are the Brahman, 
you can actually practice what you just said, uh, Kishore. It's just, um, it, it opens up that you are not the small or you're not the person controlling. You are who everybody is and everything is. And that just uh, focuses your mind into not these petty things and creating these vasanas and uh, not, you know, take your mind to, to um, unwanted thoughts or dirty thoughts or anything. Uh, but just pure being and, and then the vasanas become much less. I'll just give a small example um, in my life. Two years ago, there was this BGM and then uh, there were um, people invited to do painting and display their painting. And I was so excited to display my painting. Um, I did that. I got some accolades and, um, and I, I, I should thank uh, VP Rajesh to say, can you, make, can you give that painting to me? And uh, I was not ready to part with that painting. So I made another one for him and I've still not yet to mail it to him. <laughs> I made that, it took a lot of time to make that. It was not a simple painting. Um, it, it's, uh, it's an involved art. And then I thought I should teach that art. Um, so I went to look for a, a place where I could, I could actually teach that and um, went to our cultural council within Westford. And I saw that I have so much money. I have everything actually. Um, why am I even doing this? Like, why am I trying to do all this thing? It was just my ego to, to say that I need to display my art. I did this. It, it was all I. And at that time, we were going through the spiritual practices and listening to Alpana and going through Tattva Bodha and Atma Bodha. And I'm thinking that what, what am I going to gain? Um, that's, that's the time they were looking for a person who would promote art from those people who are, you know, who really need to promote that art. My art was actually not necessary to be promoted. Um, and in last one year, I feel more satisfaction just to promote others' art, just to be a treasurer in the Westford Cultural Council and fighting for getting money from the state to this very, very really needy people who need to promote their art. My art was not at all necessary. But that thought only came um, when I saw that they are just me. You know, it's, it's very profound, but that satisfaction when you get that, you really feel that, why am I getting these thoughts at night? Why am I getting all these um, unnecessary things to promote myself? Uh, and and it, it really makes a big difference. Just, just uh, I'm sharing this not because I want to, you know, show my art or anything. It's just the simple thing of when you bring the vasanas down, my vasana was, oh, I need to promote my art. But that's not what it is. It is to see who you are and discover yourself in others. You know, that, that, that really brings... Uh, and all this is because of, again, thanks to Alpana and this whole group, <laughs> you know, to even see that, uh, that, that small portion. But yeah, I'll still, accept, I'll still accept the painting from you, but the wall behind me is empty. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I will do that. <laughs> yeah, don't just give it to VP Rajesh, auction it amongst us. Because... 
Yeah, I think so. I've already given it to him in the sense oh. in my mind it's his. <laughs> yes, I can make one one for you. Yeah. Or or so, uh, reason, let's take a picture of it and sell the NFTs to us. Like you can share many copies. <laughs> Hey, it was actually no NFTs are so <laughs> popular. I, I think it, it's I I do believe that it's a it's a painting of uh, Sri Krishna. So it's it's a it's a huge painting and it's it's a batik painting which you start with a white uh, canvas and you dye and you know you dye yellow and then you again wax it and then you dye again in red. You wax it. and then you dye in black and then you de-wax it it's a beautiful process it's a reverse painting of any um any um other paintings the the thing, mind you think is is little different but it's a process it's uh, it's to self discover and uh, really it took me maybe 15 days to paint it uh, but it was a beautiful process it's uh, So Please, thanks to VP Rajesh. I'm dying to see a picture with you. <laughs> uh, Sri Krishna yeah. got got that in me. You know, I painted this in in Pilani when I was uh, probably first or first second year of uh, Bits Pilani, and after that, the same painting replica to paint again after nearly twenty seven years was very difficult. But um, yeah, it's it's a process. Uh, but more than that just bringing back to like when you do service and when you do see others in you that's a totally different um, you know way you are um, and i think we all are striving to go there but that's that's the most important thing here wonderful vidya thank you for sharing that thank you yeah amazing yeah, and, and this is a good example right here vidya of um, of uh, pratipaksha bhavanam in, in in the sense that you brought in um through awareness another thoughts which right. kind of negated yeah. or slow uh, or uh, yes. the the original thought of pride which is there in all of us right the amanat yes. if you yeah. look at the value of that just connect back to values uh, value of values amanatvam is you know manatvam is there in all of us there is no doubt mm-hmm. right we yeah. we are all seeking in some ways uh, and multiple ways of countering that Right, and mm-hmm. this is one way. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very is nice. Is this Vidya also a form of? Uh, is this also a form of nidhyasana? If you kind of look at, you know, uh, God or yourself and everyone. Yes. It to me it um, it must be because to me. It it just uh, how do I say that? This is where I can't describe. <laughs> it's hard it it to me it's much more calmer it's much more going to a higher level um i'm not able to describe yeah. sorry so it it, it so, really resonates with me yeah because uh, i mean words. i have seen this i've seen this uh, you know whenever i kind of even try and bring this thought in my mind that it's all one uh, you know if i'm angry or if i am sort of you know pissed off with somebody or whatever it's got an instant calming effect i mean yeah not may, may not be to the same level as you're describing but i can see sort of how it sort of just changes my mindset and just the approach and 
you kind of suddenly kind of just become very calm i think that's that's correct, the beauty correct. of it and yeah, it, it I, gives I you drive like... to do things which are um which we don't think that we can do like i would never thought i never thought that i would do public service i never thought that and uh, when i approached actually i approached he's also a bitian um he's the chairperson uh, of westford cultural council and he said oh vidya i know about your paintings i don't know how he knew about my paintings but he said can you please help there are so many people who are not able to bring and he directly i was such a young member just just two months in that and they, he just made me treasurer and he said you go get money for people like how would you fathom that i never thought i would do it so so it not only calms you down but it goes into the place where you are really needed you have to focus there it makes you do that um which which i never thought i would do it uh, it's not to boast but i had never done such things and how he knew that i could do it was uh, another thing like how did he know that i was it i would be able to do that i had no experience uh, so it, yeah, it's if, uh, if 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 i were to put some words in 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 your mouth there right the way that i would i would describe it is exactly how a mother would feel when a newborn baby is born um, yeah in the sense yeah. that like you know the baby is separate from you but it's still you and then suddenly your sense of self has extended beyond the your fingertips to something else and right. the same thing same feeling will happen when you when you have that um the, the bhavna that yes everything is one and you know then then suddenly the sense of self as what we know at that those instances will just drop yeah mm-hmm. nicely described <laughs> better than me yeah. but yeah. i um you know i just wanted to share a very small example um of how you know the all this um this journey that we've been on and you know i've been on and how it's impacted me and i did it it's almost like you know sometimes you don't even realize how it's impacting you uh so uh, we were we went to dallas this past weekend and uh, uh on friday last friday weather was very bad and flights were delayed and all the stuff and finally we get onto a flight and i'm in the middle seat um and my husband was on one side kids were on a different uh, set of seats and the seat next to me the aisle seat uh there was this very heavy woman sitting there and uh, it was only later that i realized this you know uh, after i got off the flight and stuff that um usually like in the past if i was in the middle seat and there was this heavy set person sitting next to me i would be like oh my gosh you know i'm stuck here next to this person kind of thing um but all i remember from this flight is that i only felt sorry for her like i could only feel like oh my god she must be so uncomfortable sitting in that narrow seat and i feel like this is you know really um a a direct sort of result of being on this path on this journey that you can just feel for others and you sort of uh, you know and and it didn't even it wasn't like conscious uh thought it it was just like later i realized oh you know i didn't have that sort of uh, uh agitation or negative sort of thinking um you know it 
the flight was great. I didn't, it didn't bother me at all. Um, you know, so I just wanted to share that, that the, there are all these sort of uh, subconscious things <laughs> keep happening and you don't even realize it. Awesome. With that, uh, you know, I think we will probably have to take a pause here today and uh, get back to the next set of shlokas, Alpana with your guidance, what we will do next week. Okay. So let's... We discussed uh, shloka number 10 next week, Rajesh. I still did not understand. Say it again. Shloka 10. I think that yeah. was part of this week, but we never... I don't think we touched upon that. I, oh, I thought we did only till eight. Till eight. Yeah. Was it delayed? Okay, so I was ahead of it. Uday, don't, don't put me in a stress now. Come on. <laughs> you always do this, man. Come on. <laughs> 30 years and you've not changed. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Makes sense. Okay. Okay. Let's uh, conclude with the prayer. Oh, Sarve Bhavantu Sukhinaha, Sarve Sandhu Niramaya. Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu, Makaschit Dukkha Bhaga Bhavet, Om Shanti Shanti Shanti, Sri Guru Bhyo Namaha, Hari Om. All right, everyone. See you next weekend. All right. Thank you. Hari Om. Hari Om. Thank you.